The following message is from the 2019 Annual Conference of the Household of David, tagged Things of the Spirit. Be blessed. Jesus Christ, we thank you for your, your spirit that is present in this place. We know that he is right here. He is evident in this place to glorify Jesus. I ask by the power of that same spirit that you grant utterance that as you go into your word, you will take control of my lips and I will speak as your oracle in simplicity but with accuracy and power. Your word will go forth unhindered into the hearts of your people and it shall bring forth fruit that shall abide in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Alright, let's um, turn to Isaiah chapter 66. Well, you called it the things of the Spirit, so we should talk about the things of the Spirit. Alright? So please, if the message is deeper, forgive me, but you are the ones that said things of the Spirit. Alright. As the scripture says, concerning spiritual gifts or the things of the Spirit, we should not be ignorant. Alright, Isaiah 66, it says, verse 8. Now, I believe that uh, this year, um, God's people will experience what I've termed, or that we got communicated to me, a massive quantum leap. And what's a quantum leap? It's an explosive jump where you don't have an incremental gain, but you go past, all right, which means like in mathematics, not an arithmetic progression, but a geometric progression. In other words, instead of just increase, it's multiplication. So something happens within your life this year. Uh, you move into a position that causes people to stagger within their imagination and say that how did this particular thing happen. So a quantum leap is the kind of thing that David experienced where he was a shepherd boy in the morning. And by the next day, he was chief of army staff. Alright? Where you cannot find that you went through level 1, level 2, level 3. Where you are in prison. I mean, God forbid, but Joseph was in prison. And by the next day, he was. That's a quantum leap. An explosive jump there. And it tells us in Isaiah 66 here. It says, who hath heard such a thing? Who hath seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day or shall a nation be born at once in other words people say Rome was not built in a day God says Rome will be built in a day are you following what I'm saying here shall a nation be born at once right now I like playing pranks I play pranks as you might not know but I like to play pranks alright okay, with people like during our conference the ushers, I saw they were, they had their walkie-talkie and they were pressing us with walkie-talkie. So I saw one that was lying fallow, they were charging it. So I took it and went on the walkie-talkie and said, there's an emergency, there's an emergency. Alright, run quickly. <laughs> Alright, just for pranks sake. Okay? I know, so sometimes I watch it and just, I watched something once and I found this interesting and I've seen it on YouTube. And this prank was like a man with a pregnant woman. And she was like, she went into labor where men were. And they were to help her in the labor. So she just suddenly, and it was a prank. 
But they had their little son, who was about four years old, who was jumped and they covered him with this big cloth. So as the woman was going to labor, the boy just comes out. And you see a bull man. The minute a boy runs a small boy, this man will take off. In other words, if a nation is born at once, do you understand what I'm saying here? You are expecting a small creeping child, but a nation comes out and everybody first of all takes off. Are you following what I'm saying here? Now this is the kind of thing he's saying. That who had done such a thing, who had seen such a things, shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day, or shall a nation be born at once? He said, for as soon as Zion traveled, she brought forth her children. So as soon as Zion traveled, so it's what we call traveling prayer that will lead to a nation being born. Traveling prayer, right, that gives birth to something massive, seems to be dying on the altar of our personal needs. In other words, we get into position to give birth to something massive and we are asking according to our own, we're getting this, making our own little request according to what, which is what Jesus said, that do not pray as the heathen do. In other words, when they get into position there and they have needs, they ask what we will drink, what we will wear, what we will eat. It says that your father knows you have need of these things. But then it talks about seeking first the kingdom of God and all of these things shall be added unto you. So there's a place for kingdom manifestation. In fact, when Esther was in the, as queen and she had all the raiment, Mordecai told her, and this is the depth, that you are not in this place on the earth to be blessed. You are on the earth for a time as this. And uh, he said, look, it's a time to go into a fast, to go into the innermost courts, all right, of God, all right, Esther is the only book in the Bible where the name of God is not mentioned, right? So it's pure typology. In other words, you have the inner court, and Esther is a type of the church, and then the king is a type of God, Mordecai is a type of the spirit that wants you when that kind of moment comes there. Haman is a type of Satan, all right, who doesn't have access into the innermost court, so the place of the victory of the church is that we can get into the innermost court that has been opened up, but the Holy Ghost will warn you at that particular moment and say that it is not about prosperity but purpose. And understand this, which means you can have all your needs met, but you haven't fulfilled God's will for your life. You can have all the prosperity and material blessings, but you have not yet entered into why you are positioned by God. You get what we're saying? So he said you are in the kingdom for such a time as this. And there is no excuse. If you all together hold your peace, the enlargement and deliverance will come from somewhere else. So it's about getting into that. And when you get into kingdom government, when you get into position, right, 
uh, you get into kingdom government and you are in the center of God's purpose for your life, at your word, things move in the earthly realm. That Jesus was in government, spiritual government there, at his word, which means they had a need and that's what Jesus was saying, that all these other things shall be added unto you. So he said here, as soon as Zion travailed, we get into this, what's holding back the travail? Shall I bring her to birth and not cause to bring forth? Say the Lord, shall I cause to bring forth and shut the womb? Say the Lord, rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad with her. All ye that love her, rejoice for joy with her. All ye that mourn for her. That you may suck and be satisfied with the breast of a consolation. That you may milk out and be delighted in abundance of her glory. For thus saith the Lord, I will extend peace to her like a river, and the glory of the Gentiles like a flowing stream. And then he talked about the various things that will happen. So I want to look at this concept here of giving birth to something. In other words, alright, you look at a person, and in five years' time, uh, you'll see this person operating in places, doing things that you know that time, as it were, has been crunched, alright, and this person is operating now at a level, right, with remarkable speed, and you're wondering what happened. Now, it's because this person went into what is called travail. In other words, what was inside them, uh, hidden by the Holy Ghost within their belly, they brought forth this particular thing. Now, I want to look at how this happens. Isaiah chapter 35 here. So you'll know when you're in position. And verse 3. It says strengthen. So don't forget the latter part says I will extend all right, peace unto her like a river and streams. Strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Now what does it mean strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees? Feeble knees, they are knees, alright, represents prayer. Alright, says strengthen the weak hands. So the hands of praise and thanksgiving was getting weak. In other words, something had happened. That had weakened the hands of this person. He had, or they had experienced, or he had experienced some form of disappointment. We'll say this. Uh, wounded inside their heart. Right? Betrayed. And uh, they get into a place where to lift up the hands again to praise God. Right? Begin to say, look, I was praising God. I was thanking him. Look at what happened. The knees get feeble. It says, say unto them that of a fearful heart, behold, alright, be strong, fear not, for your God will come with vengeance, even God with recompense, and he will save you. And then it says, the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped, the lame man shall leap as a heart, the tongue shall sing, or dumb, sorry, the tongue of dumb shall sing. In the wilderness, waters will break out, streams in the desert, patch ground shall become a pool. And then he says in verse 8, a highway shall be there, and it shall be called the way of holiness. Alright? So he says the lame man will leap as a heart, and then he says there will be a highway will be called the way of holiness. Now, 
I might get to it, right? Because of time, I might not. But for those of you that are Bible scholars, just follow me. So Hebrews chapter 12. And say something here. What the writer of Hebrews, which some people say Paul, quoted, he quoted Isaiah 35 when he got to Hebrews 12, 12. He said, Wherefore lift up the hands that hang down, and the feeble knees. Now you see those two things. Make straight paths for your feet, lest that which be lame. The same thing the lame shall leap. We'll go back there. Talked about the lame foot. Be turned out of the way. Now, that's the point where people get turned out of the way and they get offended at something that happened that caused pain. That if you don't handle it properly, right, then the lame foot gets out of the way, but rather let it be healed. Follow peace with all men and without what? Holiness. So you see, it says it's a way that is called holiness. So it's coming from this particular place. And prior to that, what I want to show is, alright, if I get into this message, what I want to show is, it tells us in verse 11, Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yielded the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them that are exercised thereby. Now, so we go back to Isaiah 35. So it says, strengthen ye the weak hands, confirm the feeble knees, say to them that of a fearful heart be strong, fear not, behold, your God will come with vengeance, he will come with recompense and save you. Now, what does vengeance mean? Why say he comes with vengeance? Alright, with a recompense. Vengeance is, could be likened to holy anger. In other words, a person is angry at something that is going on. And so he's coming with vengeance. And he's coming there, alright, so save you with vengeance. Now, why is it vengeance there with God? I mean, if you work hard, think about this, and you buy a brand new car, right? You paid cash in full. Your car is red in color. You went to a supermarket and packed it outside. And as you went to the supermarket, they ran in and said, they are towing your car away. Alright? We can see the bank officials there. And they are towing. You run outside and say, what's the problem? And they say, well, we are from the bank. And you are still owing us money. You have not paid in full for the car. And because you did not keep with, alright... The scheduled payment, we have come to take delivery of the car and take it back. Now you look at them and say, what do you mean by that? Say, well, they told us there's a red car and we were driving and we saw your red, the red car and we assumed there's the car and we are going. With vengeance. Do you understand what I'm saying here? That's holy anger. You will look at them and say, put down that car. Now. If you like yourselves, put it down. Why are you saying that? Because you've paid in full. God looks at the lives of his children and said, Listen, I paid in full for what I am seeing going on. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Therefore, he's coming out, get it, with vengeance, all right, there to say, 
you cannot. But when it comes with vengeance and it comes to recompense, he doesn't come there. What does he do to save you? He doesn't come to destroy people on the outside, but simply to open your eyes. In other words, you are going through what you are going through because you haven't seen certain things he has done for you. Are you following me? So the vengeance there, alright, is to rip off that blindfold of your eyes. To remove the dullness from your hearing. So that you can see clearly and so that you can hear clearly. Right? So what he comes to do, now, what he's saying here is that your feeble hands are, are, I'm sorry, feeble knees are there, your hands are weak, you went through certain things, you experienced something, alright, and it's coming, alright, with vengeance. One of the meanings of what vengeance is, a punishment inflicted or retribution exacted, alright, for an injury or a wrong. In other words, what God is coming to do is, you have been injured, you have been wounded in something in life, and God says, I'm coming through here, and what I am coming to do in order to recompense you is to open up your eyes, is to open up your ears, because I have done this, what he's saying, every single thing that I needed to do. Now, what is left is to open your eyes, and to open up your ears so that you can see and you can hear. And the minute he does that and he opens up your eyes and ears, and he goes on and says, the lame man, all right, shall leap. In other words, the man who was injured, the man who was cast down, the person who was saying, why did this happen? Suddenly his eyes are opened up, he sees something, and he leaps as a heart or a dam, all right? And the tongue of the dumb begins to sing. The reason is, for in the wilderness shall what waters break out and streams in the desert. Hear what God is saying. He did not say, I will lead you from the wilderness to a place where there are streams. He said, in the wilderness shall waters break out. In other words, if you open up your eyes, alright, where you are that you thought... This was a place he will cause streams. The streams will break out there. Alright, rivers. We want to show this here. Will break out. And then he goes on. And he says this. The patched ground. I won't lead you away from the patched ground to a pool. The patched ground shall become a pool. And the thirsty land will become springs of water right there. In other words, that very situation... There is another perspective God can give to you that you don't call it wilderness again. Rivers are flowing in that particular way. That same spot. Are, are you following what I'm saying? And this is what I want to get into. Alright? Because once we'll start having that kind of experience. Now where, uh, where are the waters coming from? I want to get into this. So that very place, God comes and he opens up your eyes. And can I think he used to speak about a woman who went to see a doctor and was, she was dying from a condition that came as a result of malnutrition. So this doctor, uh, a general practice way home doctor, he went to visit her at home and she was old, alright, and malnourished and all of that and he just stood waiting for her and looking at family photographs 
in the house. Finally, he stumbled on this well-framed document. And when he was there, he was reading it. And reading it. And suddenly he realized it was a will her father left for her. Millions of dollars. And so she, he, when she came, he turned to her and said, Do you know what this is? Oh, he said, well, my father just left it. All right? Wonderful thing. So I framed it and hung it up. Now, and this is the way some of us are treating the Bible. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hung it up. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? And decorated very well. He loved me so much. And he looked at her condition and looked at the document because he could read and she was illiterate. He looked at it, looked at her condition and said, if only she could read what was here, the condition will change. What we are saying, if only you could see what is in the word for you, that condition, are you following what I'm saying here? So let's go one step on. I'll take this step by step. So waters will break out. Right? The eyes, once the eyes are opened. Now, to sing was a result of the waters. To leap, alright? The Bible says the lame shall leap. And the tongue of the dumb shall sing. They didn't force themselves to sing. Once they found the waters, they started singing. Do you understand what I'm saying? Somebody who the foot was lame. That word lame means wounded. That's why it says, let the lame foot be healed rather than being turned out of the way. And many people get turned out of the way there. And they stop working with God or get offended at the things of God at the moment of their destiny. In other words, if you have suffered any injury in your course in life, that is the birthplace for something massive. Are you following what I'm saying here? Listen, I'm telling you this. Anytime people treat you wrongly, that spot is the Holy Ghost indicating those things are called labor pants, which means there's contraction going on in the realm of the Spirit to give birth to something. Right? So it's that very place that waters came out and what God did was he simply opened the eyes and opened the ears and then they sank and they leaped. Now, let me give an example. Put up Acts chapter 14 and verse 8. Let's just look at what I'm saying. Acts 14 and 8. This was a man born impotent in his feet, being crippled from his mother's womb, who had never walked. What happened? The same heard Paul speak. The only thing that happened was that he heard Paul speak. Who? That's Paul. Steadfastly beholding him, perceiving that he had faith to be healed, with a loud voice said, stand on your feet. And he did what? Leaped as a result of what he heard. Therefore, there are people that have fought Degree cancer that words, if they hear, there are certain words they will hear that the minute they hear those words and he enters them, they know that they are healed. Do you understand this? There are things that you can, that is if God opens your eyes, that you are in a condition where you feel you can never get out. 
God can open your eyes and you read things in the word of God that after 30 minutes you get up and say yes. It's that degree of opening up the eyes. Are you following what I'm saying? That's why Paul prayed that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation of your understanding will be enlightened. Because what Satan is doing is to blind. Faith doesn't come by effort. Faith is a result of sight. Are you following what I'm saying? It is not of works lest any man should boast that I generated faith. It is a gift from God. So, when Elisha, and this is where we are missing it. When Elisha saw his servant, the servant looked up and said, looked at Elisha and said, have you heard about the armies that have surrounded you? That are against us. Now, even though his servant heard those words, he hadn't seen anything. So, what we do in Christianity is that we preach it, and then we tell you we preached it, go and practice it. So, what if that servant, his understanding was, I will start pacing the floor. More are with us that are against us. More are with us that are against us. More are with us. He will never arrive at that place of persuasion. Elijah knew there was something else. He said, God opened his eyes that he may do what? See. The minute he saw, no effort was required again to believe. Are you following me? He entered into the place of rest. That you have read doesn't mean you have seen. Are you following what I'm saying? And God says, I will come. That's why Job said, God, where all it? When somebody said, God, I heard of thee with the hearing of my ears. Now with my eyes, I see you. So God comes with vengeance when your condition doesn't match the promise. And he says, what I will just do is open your eyes. So let's take another look at this here. So he opens up our eyes and waters begin to break out. Waters represent life. So life starts gushing out, all right, in that particular situation. What you looked at and said was this, life begins to gush out. Right? Isaiah 48 and verse 21. It tells us in Isaiah 48 and verse 21, it says here, and they thirsted not when he led them through the desert. He caused waters to flow out of where? Of the rock for them. He clave the rock also and waters gushed out. So I'm getting to the message here. So while they were going through the wilderness, they held on to the rock. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 10, that rock is Christ. So from Christ, waters were gushing out. What are these waters? Is what Jesus said. If any man thirst, come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This he spoke about the Holy Ghost that was not given. 
So you get thirsty there. You go to Jesus, who is the rock, the word of God. And it says, from within the rivers, from within, life begins to flow. So you are in a wilderness place. You are the one that says, you will change the wilderness into a fruitful field. And the things will come from within. Are, are you following what I'm saying here? It's from within you will see what you should do. It's from within. Which means that you give this person like Jacob got somewhere and there were only few sheep from within. It wasn't that he entered into somebody else's work. But from within, things were flowing. Do it this way. Do it that way. Take this step. From within. From within. Alright? Rivers of living water starts flowing. It starts flowing through everything. It's from within you. And it's coming out of the rock there. Now, let's move one more step into this. Isaiah 29. Are you following me now? Not everybody is. Isaiah 29 and verse 13. Now, before this. It says, verse 10. For the Lord hath poured upon you a deep sleep and closed the eyes of your prophet's words and all of that. And the vision has become words of a book that is sealed. When men deliver to one that is learned, that's educated. He said, read this, I pray this. He said, I cannot, for it is sealed. Then the book is delivered to one that is not learned, not educated. Read this, I pray this. He said, I'm not learned. Alright, so it was sealed. So the Bible was sealed from them. Wherefore, the Lord said, For as much as these people draw near me with their mouth, with their lips do honor me, but have removed their hearts far from me, for their fear towards me is taught by the precept of men. Wherefore I will do a marvelous work among these people, even a marvelous work and a wonder, for the wisdom of wise men shall perish, and the stand of prudent men shall be hid. And then he says, Woe to them that seek deep to hide their counsel from the Lord. Alright? Now I get into this, your eyes been opened and your works are in the dark and says who seeth us? Uh, so what God was talking about here was alright, people alright, they honored me with their lips in other words, and they'll come to religious gatherings, they'll sing and all of that it says, and then it says, but they're cancelled the very things they're doing every day in their lives are cheating from me they haven't brought their plants alright, so we can sing in church on Sunday but Monday, alright, we get to work. And God said, look, the things you do from Monday to Saturday, the work there, those things, I, I'm not involved. You haven't integrated me into those things. Right? You pay lip service, but I'm not there. He said, if you look at Joseph, Joseph discovered me in what he was doing. There was no religious life and secular life. I was integrated into his life. Abraham, there was no separation. Daniel, there was nothing like, well, when civil service here, which is where he was, or I will do it the civil service way, then we go to church and do it the church way. Alright, God was integrated into what they were doing every day. That's how they, that's how they express God. And God said there should be no separation all right, between, all right, what you are doing, you are singing, and then he says, he says, look, it is like the clay and the potter. He said, follow me to that place. He said, can the clay say that the person who is shaping me has no understanding? 
Are you saying I don't have any understanding, all right, of what you are doing? He went on. And then he says, Surely the turning of things upside down shall be esteemed as the potter's clay. Shall the work say this? He made me not. Then verse 17. And then he went and said, Is it not a very little while that Lebanon shall be turned into a fruitful field? And the fruitful field shall be esteemed as a forest in a very little while. Not just little while, very little while. It says, what will happen in that day? Shall the deaf hear the words of the book? And the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity. And it says, the meek shall also increase their joy in the Lord. So we see this again, God opening up the eyes God opening up their ears to see what is contained in the book, which is the Bible, to hear what is contained, all right, inside the Word of God. We see this again, which is where the turning point actually happened. And then it goes on and says, it tells us here, Lebanon shall be turned into a fruitful field, and then it says, and a fruitful field shall be turned into a forest. Then look at Isaiah 32 and verse 14. We'll say this again. It says, Because the palaces shall be forsaken, multitudes of cities shall be left, forts and towers for dens forever. Verse 15, Until the Spirit be poured upon us from on high, then the wilderness shall be a fruitful field, and the fruitful field shall be counted as a forest. Now, earlier on he had said, When their eyes were opened, and their ears were opened to the words of the book, he said, then the fruit, Lebanon became the fruitful field or the wilderness, the fruitful field, and the fruitful field, the forest. Here it says, until the Spirit be poured upon us from on high. Therefore, if it is the rock that is pouring out waters, and that is Jesus pouring forth his Spirit, that is the Word of God pouring forth the Spirit, it means that as you begin to see things in the Word of God, and God opens your eyes, then the Holy Ghost is being poured forth. Are you following what I'm saying here? Which means when he said, out of your belly shall flow rivers. The rivers are coming, rivers of revelation of the Word of God. Alright? As you see down there, there is a move of the Spirit that is going on in your life as you are studying the Word of God. The Holy Ghost starts getting poured forth as you are getting insight, alright, into the Word of God there. And it's because you have first of all asked God to open up your eyes. You have asked God, alright, to open up your ears there. So you sit down there with the word of God and the experience that you are having is like rivers are flowing out of your belly. Rivers are beginning to flow out of your belly. It says judgment will rest in the wilderness. That's the next thing there. In other words, right decisions. What will make look at the next verse 16. It says judgment. Judgment means you make right decisions there. So judgment rests in the wilderness. You begin to make powerful decisions based on the ideas you are getting from the word of God as you sit down and you are meditating. Alright? And then righteousness will remain in the fruitful field. Righteousness is equity. In other words, as you start getting results, the Holy Ghost begins to teach you on how to treat people right. He said the multiplication will come by you having good management skills after I start blessing you. Are you following what I'm saying? So it's the Holy Ghost, but I'm saying the rock, the word of God, poured forth. Now, here is the error you must not make. A lot of people pray. There's a mistake. Alright, I mean, I came out of a church where, I mean, I was fortunate that in a campus fellowship, they taught us the word to meditate. 
But I know why people can make mistakes and be prayerful, but don't spend time reading the word of God. Now, when you know, when you go to Jesus, Jesus said, Whosoever cometh unto me and heareth my saints and doeth them shall be like a man who dug deep. In other words, when you come to Jesus, Jesus expects the reason why you are coming is to hear his saints concerning it. So, if you have problem in your business or in your marriage and you come to Jesus, you are thirsty, it's not that prayer, it's not God, change that person. God bless this work. God grant me favor. That's not the river. Do you get what I'm saying there? When you come, he wants to give you his saints. So, when you come to him in prayer, it is to open up the saints of God to you. So that when you act on his saints, then you get the results. So if you start out in business and you see, alright, God's promise to you saying that you will break forth on the left and on the right, you, it's a startup and you announce in two years, alright, I'm going to be the biggest tech company in this country because of something so... The same man where somebody was born crippled could hear words that could cause him to stand upright on his feet. You can start a business, there are words you can hear that will turn that thing around. It's words. When Colinius may said, send for Peter, he shall tell thee words, by which thou and thy house shall be what? Saved. Now, many people spend time praying. Listen, just like you, praying for people to get saved. You know the people, you are praying that they should get saved. But every day you walk past them, you don't preach. They will never get saved. It is the word that saves. It is the incorruptible seed that saves. What brings about results is the word. But the only way we can get the word is through prayer. Dr. Lil Yeoman, somebody who can take it, studied. F.F. Butler they studied F.F. Butler even said it he said we have seen people who were prayed for for 15-20 years upon reading the scriptures we put in our book in a matter of 2 hours were completely healed of what they were praying for them for 15-20 years in other words they kept praying but the answer was inside the book but they never made contact with the book so what happens is people are little yeoman, she said she was she was bound with drugs, prescription drugs. She was a Christian, but she got the result as a doctor. She said just stay taking it, you know, just keep herself awake and do. She got hooked to it. It took over her life. She said, Somebody asked me, did you not pray? She said, You don't understand. A time came when I did nothing else but pray. I prayed in the morning, I prayed in the afternoon, I prayed in the evening with fasting. He said, did you get delivered? He said, I did not. He said, I want the body of Christ to understand this. He said, I did not get delivered. He said, what happened? She said, because as I was praying, I neglected my Bible. Prayer is to cleave to the rock. It's the rock that releases water. The water is inside this Bible. It is from the scriptures the Holy Ghost is poured forth into what you are doing. Which means you are in a place in the wilderness, you cleave to Jesus, he releases his word. She said, then I said, give me the Bible. Then I got the Bible and I started reading it. 
Then the results of all those prayers start coming. Because it's not happening inside. She said, then I knew that I was healed. They said, but why didn't you get healed immediately? She said, I did not have sufficient light to get it. In other words, I got up and I said, I'm healed. So I want to close something. Some of you have seen promises afar off. As the patriarch said, if we ask all of you here for promises from God's word, God has given to you, you've seen them afar off. We ask you, so why are you not doing anything forcefully about it? Because you are not persuaded. The Bible says they saw them afar off and they were what? Persuaded. The minute they were persuaded, they embraced it. In other words, the minute you are fully persuaded, you act. Now, what does it take to get persuaded? It means, alright, the word, word of God is the logos, the logic of God. So God has to start suggesting to you his logic. Why that thing you see afar off that looks impossible, he starts suggesting it to you. It can happen. You say why? It can happen. 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 It can Look, what we call common sense is not actually real sense. Common sense is what we have experienced in the past and what we have seen other people experience. That's what we call common sense. But God has his own sense. You understand it? When God injects his sense into you, you don't take risks because you see it logically how it will what? Happen. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, let me, get, let me just close and show you something here. Alright? So, when the word is preached to you, like your pastor does, we're doing this conference, you have received, now, depending on what's going on in your life. If you've been praying, if you've been meditating on scriptures, you can sit down in this conference and, and this becomes the harvest, which means a final word comes and it explodes in your spirit. Do you get what I'm saying? But normally speaking, when you hear it, you've gotten information. Okay? Now, you have to take the word and then do what is called... Okay, let me show you what you do with it. Let me not just say it here. Look at Second Peter chapter 1. Now, I'm going to come back here and close, but I have 16 minutes, so I can quickly do a detour. I want to share something with you. Alright, I've been traveling prayer. Where we, where we miss it? Quickly, follow me now. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. That's why I went there. I have the time. I'll, I'll just do it. I, I don't, you mustn't miss this. Hebrews chapter 12 here. Okay. Now, please follow this. It says, verse 9, Furthermore, we've had our fathers of our flesh which corrected us we gave them reverence shall we not much rather be in subjection to the father okay okay let's 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 go to verse 6 or verse verse 5 my son despise not the chastening of the lord nor faint when thou art rebuked of him so when their hands were hanging down and they had feeble knees all right we'll get there it was god that rebuked them Are you following? In other words, God called David and said, 
I have a covenant with you. I will never take your child off the throne. If he's going astray, I will use the rod of men to chastise him. That covenant operates with us. If you are deviating from God's intended path for your life, he raises men to treat you somehow to get your attention. Listen. Now, it doesn't mean what the men are saying is the issue. He just wants to get your attention. God told me once, said, if you move this finger out of position, you feel pain. He said, anytime you feel pain from treatment, know you are going out of position. Now, it doesn't mean the people, they have no idea, they, they have no idea what they are doing. Are you following what I'm saying? Alright? Because nobody knows the things of a man except the spirit of that man. So, nobody knows what is you are pregnant with. But when you are deviating from it, God catches your attention and says, look. And, you're right? So, he says, anybody that is without chastisement, he says, whereof all are partakers, he says this, he says, then that person is a bastard. In other words, you are still a child, but just, you are just you are, when you say a bastard, it means you give, they gave back to you, but you are not where you are supposed to be. Are you following what I'm saying here? Yeah? Alright. So, he goes on here and says this. It says, despise not chastening, nor faint. So that faint, that lame, was actually, God was behind it. It says, for whom God loveth, he does what? Chasteneth. And scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are you bastards not son? Furthermore, with father, fathers of the flesh, we corrected us and we gave them reverence. When I was saying Pastor Nelson, he was trying to talk about Esau and Jacob. If you read it, you get to the end. Which means that, that son there means firstborn, you take the inheritance. So he's saying those who will take that inheritance, who you will just see that will handle the inheritance, all right, of God. Are you following what I'm saying here? If I tell you now, you are standing here. If I tell you that we are all children of God, you agree. If I say, tell me six people in Nigeria you know have inheritance, you know them. Are you following what I'm saying? You know. You know Pastor Adebo is carrying You know Bishop Adebo is inheritance. Are you, you understand what I'm saying? Alright? Which means that they were in subjection to the Father of Spirits when things were not, when he was chastising them. In other words, how did they get there when they felt pain? Instead of the lame foot being turned out of the way. Alright, James said that. Instead of with one mouth you bless God, the same mouth you curse men. Are you following what I'm saying here? You decided to say that, look, there is something that God might be telling me here. Like Paul, he besought the Lord thrice that he might depart. God said, my grace is sufficient for you. He said later on, he said it was because of pride that was coming in. That's what drew the messenger of Satan. In other words, God looks at and says, I want you to be in Japan in six months heading a company. You don't know that. You are here in Lagos walking. God says, how will I get this man to Japan? He won't even hear Japan. So, boss, come here. Start treating this person. Or I give him some flogs. Poor, poor in the office. Poor. Once that starts, you turn to God. Open my eyes. I'm, I'm trying to get you to understand it. Anytime you feel that pain around you, listen, it's not that what the boss doesn't know you have to be in Japan. But God uses that pressure to get you at, Do you get what I'm saying here? So you told him, God, what are you saying? Alright? Now, on getting something here. So he says this. After their pleasure, alright? Furthermore, we have our father very corrected us, we gave them reference. Shall we not much be in the Father of Spirits and live? 
For they vary for a few days, chase not after their own pleasure, wait for a, here for a prophet that might be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth joyous, which means, hey, you're not having fun, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, they yielded the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them that are what exercised thereby. So there's an exercise there that will yield the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Now, James said the same thing. Look at what James said. James chapter 2. Sorry, James chapter 3. He talked about the tongue, alright, quickly in verse 9. He says, Therewith we bless God, even the Father, and we curse men, made after his similitude. Out of the same mouth proceeded blessing and cursing. My brethren, this ought not to be so. The fig tree cannot bring forth. He now went on and said, verse 13, Who is a wise man endued among, with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and strife in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descended not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is pure, peaceable, gentle, and all of that. Then he says in verse 18, the fruit of righteousness, same thing Hebrew said, is sown in peace among them that make peace. Now look at the next chapter. Remember, the books were not written in chapters and verses. So he was continuing the letter. He said, from whence come the wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence from the lost that were in your members? You lost and have not. You kill desire to have. You cannot obtain. You fight, you war because you ask not. You ask, you receive not because you ask to consume it upon your lost. Now, here's the point I want to bring out. If a person's foot gets lame, which means he gets wounded, if he doesn't do the right thing, then it gets turned out of the way and that person becomes angry. This is why we have a lot of Christians on social media now, angry. Trace where it came from, they were wounded somewhere. The wound there was to was a birth pack to lead them to de- give birth to something. Instead of that, that offense, so you start attacking. And what do you attack? You at- I will show you. You start attacking people that have. Okay? You are going for it. It's, uh, nobody will agree it's envy. Alright, and strive. But you are going for it there. Now, what should have happened? This is what God actually ordained alright, to have happened there. You know, when Abel got blessed, God quickly called Cain. He said, Cain, why is your countenance for He said, if you do well, you also will enter into something. He said, but if you don't do well now, this moment we give you, he said, iniquity is coming to your door. You are going to turn and be an angry man and a murderer. So, once you are out of position, pain comes. Now, if you handle the pain right, you deliver something massive. If you don't handle it right, you get angry. Alright? And Jude called it wandering stars on a collision course. So, you are colliding with other people in the world. Alright? You are just angry. They put you in an office, you're angry. Alright? And you're just angry. You just cause problems, unsettle people emotionally. It's because that person missed something somewhere. Now, so why do people miss it? Remember he says, pray here, he says, you ask according to your loss. Now, look at what happens. Quickly go to Psalm. Let me just quickly show you something. Look at Psalm 106, verse 9. Remember I said at the beginning, travail is getting lost. Verse 9. Look at what God says. Okay, verse 9. 
It says he rebuked the Red Sea. They were dried up. He led them through the depths as through the wilderness. He saved them from the hands of those that hated them and all of that. Verse 12. Then believed they his words, words, sang they his praise. They soon forgot his works and they waited not for what? They, what did they wait for? His counsel. But lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. He gave them their what? Requests. But sent leanness to their soul. They envied Moses in the camp and Aaron. In other words, even though they made their own requests, God gave them. But they missed out on something. What did they miss out on? The Bible says all things work together for our good. It says, and God works all things after the counsel of his what? Will. Now, when before he said all things work together for our good, Paul said something. He said, we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit maketh intercession. You know that travail that gives birth to a nation? It means that person gets there and says, God is up to something. I'm pregnant with something I don't know. This is what happens to a person who makes a request. The boss is treating them badly. They look at it and say, I'm in this company. I'll go to that company. It's a better company. They pay better. They start making that request to God. Somebody else is going to give back to a nation, gets into traveling prayer. What's traveling prayer? I do not know what I should pray for as odds. I'm pregnant with something. Every day they shut themselves for two hours praying in the spirit to birth that particular thing. Praying in the spirit. That's why Jesus said, don't pray like the heathen. Who choose what they... Do you understand what I'm saying here? Praying in the spirit. They shut themselves. Something is up. I can't be feeling this way. Alright, something. In fact, put up the message translation. Do you have message translation? Alright, if you, if you have it of Romans 8. He says, you have a pregnant condition. That's what we're talking about there. And you want to give birth, alright, to that nation at once. So what you're doing is you're praying in the spirit. Then you open the Bible. As you start opening the Bible, reading the Bible, the waters start coming out. The waters start coming out. Alright, the waters start coming out there. The waters, revelation is coming. You're praying. You declare that revelation into the earth after some time. Alright, and that's how that nation is born. So don't just get up and when something happens and take it and start praying. And that's what happened to Paul. He said, I besought God, said, my grace is sufficient for you. There is something I want to bring out of this. So you say, well, some guy broke my heart and walked away and he promised me marriage. God says, it's time to birth your family. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, if you had gone with that guy that you fell in love, you, look, you can fall in love with the wrong person. But you say you are in love, doesn't mean it's right. Do you get what I'm saying? You're, I, I can teach you what attraction is. It's just chemicals in the brain. that push All right? So, boom, you can be out of God's will. It can be lost, which means, in fact, the attachment is, is so much that you, can, you are no longer focusing on God. Alright? So God says, look. Look. Like some man of God is going to do a lot now who mentions him. He said, he went somewhere, he saw his son and daughter. He passed the room. He turned back. Looked at the son. He was playing with dolls. Putting lipstick. He looked at him. He says, this is an emergency. He went in there, took the dolls, snatched them from the boy, and then took trucks, hawk, said, play with that. 
You know why? The boy was crying, but he was crying over something that wouldn't have helped his future. As Christians, we have cried over things that God knows will not help us. Are you following me? That you are crying doesn't mean your tears will manipulate God. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's what he says. That if you are without that kind of chastisement, then you can't get into maturity. Which means walking with God, he said he snatched it. Alright? And gave him. He said, and God showed him that scripture, I take away the first to establish the second. That word take means I forcefully pull it out. And you are crying and the father carries it and says, cry until your eyes pop. This is an act of love for you because of what is coming in future. Alright? But you can get angry at your father at that point and say you are a wicked man and you are telling him that. This is what God is saying. You are saying, God, you are a wicked man. Brethren are not very nice people. I am leaving the church and God is looking at you. This guy, do you know what is at stake? He said instead of you praying what you want and then start quoting scriptures that no prophecy of scripture is of private interpretation. That those scriptures were not given to fit your will. They are given for you to know the move of the Holy Ghost. Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah? So you don't fashion out your will and look for a scripture that fits your will and pound it in. What you do is that, listen, the earth was without form and void. Darkness was over the face of the deep, but the Holy Ghost moved. In other words, there is darkness now. Holy Ghost begin to move over this and then let there be light. When there's light, then you can start confessing. Without light, you can't start confessing. You got the message now? So you pray and sit down with the word of God, the light comes. He says, take it as a light that shines in a dark place. He says, until the day what dawns and the day starts. Let me close with this. That's where I was going to. I hope I'm not too deep. Huh? You're, you're okay. Okay, let me just say this one. Eh? You know, it says after the prophet prophesied. Alright, they gave me some minutes. Look, put up, um, put up, first. Let me see. All right, First Peter chapter one. First Peter chapter one. It says this. It says, verse ten, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come to you, searching what. Or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand. Alright. Of the glory that should be revealed. Sorry. Of the glory that should follow. Unto whom it was revealed. Verse 12. 1 Peter 1.12. That not unto themselves but unto us. Now. This is what I want us to get. Then he goes on. He says. With things the angels desire to do what? Look into. When the prophets prophesied. These are the prophets. So they said it. They said, we don't understand what we are saying as we should. So they inquired and searched diligently. And then the revelation came. When God begins, and there's another mistake we make. 
That's why it says, give a more earnest heed to the things you have heard, lest at any time they do what sleep. It says, take heed unto that word that shines as a light in a dark place until the day dawns. So he says, stay with the word until something happens. Take heed, don't let it sleep. You know what happens? If I go into this congregation and I ask you to open all your church notes for the last two years, and you open them, I will show you things there you have forgotten. That when you wrote it, beside you wrote fire. That the day you heard it, it was what? Fire. You marked it three times star. Scriptures. That you can't remember why you wrote fire. Do you understand, Senior? Why you started. Now, what that means is that God caused scriptures to jump at you. Saying this is the next thing I want to do in your life. But when the prophets got that kind of thing, they didn't just leave it. They inquired and searched. So when the promise starts coming, start inquiring about it. If it tells you you, you you are going through something and says, look, I will, I will, I will, let's assume that, you know, you know, you are being harassed by, by, by landlord for rent and terrible landlord, which is maybe it's an indication that God wants to birth you, your own property and all of that. And you are praying and then you see a scripture, right? Then start that, that tells you that this land you have in your possession. So you start inquiring and searching. Right? Now, when you start inquiring and searching, then you start reading, then God begins to give you specific instructions as to how that word will come to pass. You know what he tells us? He says angels desire to look into it. You know what that means? That means angels themselves in heaven are seeing things happening that they don't understand. They, they help in fulfilling prophetic word, but they don't understand what is behind it. He says, but my children are the only ones that will have that kind of information. But when we search and cry, that, that, that's the next thing. When he says, when your eyes are opened, you will know the hope of his calling. Then the next thing is the riches of his glorious inheritance. What is the wealthier? The wisdom of God. He starts teaching you. You come from a place where, as you start inquiring and searching, where you know you have to start a business in Lagos, when you start inquiring and searching, and God begins to teach, when you see the building, you will say, this is the spot. Are you following me? Yeah. Which means the details now start coming to you. The details start coming. That's when the day has dawned. And the day stars are raising your heart. So in a nutshell, what am I saying? When you feel pain on the outside, it's the labor pangs there of the Holy Ghost. Telling you. Alright? Labor pangs there of the Holy Ghost. Always be sensitive to what's going on in your environment. Are you following me? Always be sensitive. Because when you are going off course, God uses people to... The off course doesn't mean you entered sin. It means you are not in alignment with the perfect purpose. Which if you don't fulfill, nobody will know that you disobeyed God. Nobody. Are you following saying that? Nobody will know. You understand this? I mean, 
Let's just assume if Pastor Debo was pastoring in a church in cemetery, there were 10,000 people who would say, the Lord is moving. Nobody will say that you are supposed to go to camp. Nobody will wake up and say, I don't know, you miss God. Why? You should have gone to a bush somewhere and then collect the... Nobody is going to tell you that. So the truth about the matter is that nobody knows what God really has called you to do. In fact, you have to press in and press in and keep pressing in to discover everything. Not to talk about somebody else who is sitting on the sidelines. So when people come in and there's pressure, it's just God trying to get your attention that you're pregnant with something. Don't choose mentally. Start praying in the spirit. Alright? He that searches the heart knoweth what is the mind of spirit for is making intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for the good of them who are cool. That thing you thought was something that caused pain will work together for your good once you enter into the purpose of God for your life. So the Holy Ghost in that travel is trying to get that purpose to you. Then revelation starts flowing. Sit down with the word. Don't just be praying. Sit down with the word of God. If you have 90 minutes of prayer, scheduled prayer, spend the first 15 minutes thanking God because I checked it. The word throne of grace, the same word used grace there is the same word used thanksgiving. So it is a throne of thanksgiving you are coming to. So you can't come to that throne without saying, Father, thank you. Nothing will be heard. That's why it says, your request by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Make your request. Thanksgiving is the protocol to get to that spot. They don't open the door. That's the visa. When you say, Father, I thank you, they say, alright, grant. So you go there 15 minutes, Thanksgiving. Lack of Thanksgiving shows, which means that individual is under anxiety. And with anxiety, nothing happens. Then spend, let's say, 45 minutes praying in the Spirit. Okay? Then spend the last 30 minutes reading the Word of God. The best time to get revelation knowledge is immediately after you finish a session of praying in tongues. You hear what I said? Immediately. The longer you spend, you separate the time of praying in tongues from reading the Bible, the more the power to get revelation wanes with time. Immediately. So schedule it. Immediately. Alright? Because it's almost like tongues and interpretation. When you read it, it's an interpretation of what you preach. Are you following me saying that? And it says these deep things the Holy Ghost will reveal which things you speak. Before you leave that place, what you saw, say it. Are you following me saying Say it. And then, keep it under your breath or your lips, that scripture, until the next time you come back to pray and to read the Bible. Start from where God stopped. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you are reading a book and you go to chapter 2, page 32, when you come back next time, don't you go back to page 32. Why is it that when you finish, God showed you something in the Psalms, you were still red hot. Next time you come, you, focus, you close that part, you go to Ephesians, then you are struggling. When God was speaking through Psalms, do you get what I'm saying? Oh, and start absorbing it. Let that word enter into you. Alright? The Bible says, so shall the knowledge of wisdom be to thy soul when thou hast found it. It's like honey. Let it minister to you. 
sit down and let the word of God, as Bill Winston, Dr. Bill Winston will say, he says, when revelation starts coming, you are no longer reading the Bible, the Bible is reading that you are revelating. In other words, the word is now speaking to you and you are there, all right, there. You get excited on that word as the waters have started getting to you. Also. Now, there is no way a human being will stay with that word that speaks to him and, and you will not be fruitful. Yesterday when I was, I mean, I've read it, I've read it, but one look at God say, can't you see it? Everything Satan does is to separate man from the word. When the word is sown, immediately he takes it. If he can't take it then, then he gets him offended, so he stops. Uh, he gets angry with the word. He's offended. He separates himself from the word. The third one is choke it. He's tired, so he can't get to the word. Are uh, you following what I'm saying? So what Satan is trying to do is to separate you from the word. So if you say, well, I've been praying and praying, I just ask you. As Krefordola said, are you satisfied with the amount of time you spent in the world concerning that thing? Sometimes you just find out you actually did not spend any time. It's not even whether you're satisfied. No time. No time. Because what keeps you with the world is the sweetness of the world that brings you back. It's, it's, not, a, it's not legalistic. Alright? It becomes delightful. And anything you enjoy if you eat something that tastes nice, you go back there to eat it. The reason why people eat things that are sweet is not because somebody told them. They tasted it and they like it. When you start tasting of the Lord, you will see that he is... Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray for this church. Let this revelation take root into this place. Let them blossom. Let them prosper. Let a nation be born at once from this ministry here. Lord, cause there to be fruitfulness. Cause this ministry to be a forest. Where people will come. Where the prayer they'll be asking is, people will come. Not that. The pastor will say, people will come and say, give room to us. That you don't understand the impact of what you are doing in this nation. Give room. This place is now too small. And you will say, but we have enough space. But they will say, this place is too small. Then you will say unto the Lord, who hath begotten me all this? And this shall be the prophetic word that shall be fulfilled in this place in Jesus. God bless you all. Thank you for being a part of our 2019 annual conference. Join any of our services on Sundays by 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. or on Wednesdays by 7 p.m. at David's Court, Mojiti Street, off Twin Street, Ikeja, Lagos. For more messages, visit our website at www.householdofdavid.org. God bless you.